0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathman, bidding you welcome. And my guest this week is the head coach of the Baylor Lady Bears, Nikki Collin. She will talk about her transformation back to the college game after three years as the head coach in the WNBA, in fact, here in Atlanta with the dream. She'll also talk about last year's Baylor team, her first, and what's ahead this year with a practically brand-new roster. And the unique arrangement where Tom, her husband, and the children or a high school age are here in Atlanta while she is in Waco coaching Baylor. She's been commuting quite a bit. You'll hear her tell that story in just a moment. But we begin with our Jersey Mike's news and notes for the week. And the biggest note of all is that we want to send out our congratulations to the retiring superstar Sue Bird, our 2002 Jersey Mike's Naismith Women's Basketball Player of the Year. Last weekend in Seattle, she took the floor for her regular season home finale against Las Vegas. Sue, of course, is the WNBA record holder for games played and assists. She's been the face of the franchise for two decades. They filled the arena like no other time in their history to salute Sue Bird on a marvelous career, and we want to do the same thing. She may not have played that last home game. We'll see how the WNBA playoffs shake out with Seattle But as far as the regular season is concerned, that was the last one. And even though the Aces spoiled the party by winning the game, uh, nothing could take the smile off Sue's face. What a wonderful day it was. The other piece of news was a change to the NCAA Women's Tournament. Uh, The upcoming tournament is going to shift. They're not going to have a four-host format anymore. In fact, when they get to the Sweet 16, there will be only two hosts for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. That will be, next year, Bon Secours Wellness Arena in Greenville, South Carolina. They'll host eight teams. And where Sue just got done playing, the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle will host the other eight. Now, right off the top, you think, okay, that's going to be a pretty good advantage for South Carolina. And Don Staley's team, the defending national championships, probably don't need much of an advantage, but they're going to get one playing close to home in Greenville. And with only two sites it means a lot of schools and fans of those schools are going to really have to do some traveling to support their team. More on that later on when we get into the season, but that's what's ahead on the women's tournament for next season. When we come back, my conversation with Nikki Collin, but first this from Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's would like to dedicate the next three seconds to our new grilled portobello mushroom and Swiss sub. Trust us. It tastes good, too, because fresh ingredients make a sub above. A pleasure to catch up on the Naismith Podcast this week with the head coach of the Baylor Lady Bears, Nikki Collin, who we got to know here in Atlanta so well, and we miss you dearly as the head coach of the Atlanta Dream. Nick, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I, uh, you know, second full summer back in college, so feel like a little bit... You know, kind of things have calmed down, you know, as crazy as they are. Last summer, um, kind of feeling like I was drinking from a fire hose and then kind of just same staff, you know, some consistency and and feel really good heading into
0: the fall. Well, you've had a wonderful season. I mean, I know it came to a screeching halt, but what a first year uh, to, to continue the great Baylor program. What's it look like for this year? Because you've had to retool that roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going to look very, very different. Um, you know, was super grateful that Melissa Smith, Clean Egbo, Jordan Lewis, those guys, like, believed in me enough to stay and wanted to finish their career at Baylor, um, you know, and, and had great seasons, all three of them. But, uh, you know, I, I think when you... Our, our biggest problem last year, and it was it was a strength and a weakness at the same time, was, we had a roster of eight, um, and so losing three players, but signing eight <laughs> new players, um, you know, it, it, it's been it's been fun. It's been a little crazy because getting, you know, honestly, last year, obviously, everyone was getting acclimated to me, but they they knew Baylor. You know, they had been here. Um, that part wasn't hard for them. Um, you know, and so did to, to have eight new players that are new to me, but also new to Baylor. Um, you know, just kind of excited because we have such a different kind of team. Um, Last year, I always say, like, um, really talented players. But when you walked in the gym, you knew who was going to the guard end and who was going to the post end. Um, It was kind of like five, seven below, come to this end, six foot and above, come to this end. And, you know, we're just very – we have so much more position versatility this year in our signees, a lot of big wings, um, and and so more depth and kind of so, you know, as much as – People probably think that we're going to look the same. Um, I'm just not wired that way. You know, I, I think one of the things I love about coaching is looking at my players, looking at their strengths, and kind of figuring out what can we do um, to take advantage of each of these guys individually, then collectively, so it's not a, like, plug-and-play. You don't just take a new player and plug them into, you know, what Melissa Smith did or what Queen Egbo did. Um, so um, just we're, we're going to look different, but we'll add more depth. 13 players on the roster and a lot of position versatility.
0: I know practice, uh, you know, the real practice for the season doesn't start for a while, but you've gotten them together. How are they starting to gel? Can you, can you tell yet?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've had, um, other than a little bit of COVID, shut down, um, you know, as it resurfaced on this summer you know, we had eight weeks where we could do four hours of basketball. And so, you know, I I believe in a lot of individual work during that stretch in the summer, Um, but we certainly did some team stuff and and tried to kind of build a foundation and a base so that they understood why we were doing some of the individual stuff um, that we were doing. And so I do think they're starting to see strengths and weaknesses of one another. Um, I think it's hard um, in that setting and in short, spaces and, and time frames to really understand how all the pieces fit together. I'm sure there's a lot of questions, you know, for them. Um, but for me, I've used it as, like, truly an evaluation period. Like, show me what you can do. I'm going to see what you can't do, you know. And then, um, you know, I even the other day in practice, I said, look, I've put no guardrails on anyone right now uh, because I, I'm letting you show me, you know, what you're capable of in, in this situation. But as, eventually – you know as as all coaches do you start to put the guardrails on and and try to pull out their strengths and hide weaknesses and things like that but i do think you know we're we're really intentional about you know using the summer to to do some ropes courses and and go to the water park and do some some team events with boosters and just you know a lot of the things that that we can do so they get to know one another um, so that they really feel uh, like they're kind of a part of the fabric of, of not just Waco, but but Baylor and Baylor women's basketball.
0: Nikki, I wanted to ask you about transitioning back to college. Of course, you and and Tom go back a long way and uh, several schools, and you made the leap into pro basketball to coach here in Atlanta, uh, and did it magnificently well. You were named the WNBA Coach of the Year back in 2018, and then you know, the franchise wanted to rebuild, but getting back into college, take me through, I guess, kind of the, what you learned, what you took away from coaching the pros and apply that to Baylor.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing how, you know, college, even in the evolution of college and and having spent more of my career there and coming back, you know, the The college game is becoming a little more like the pro game. It it is more roster management with the portal, um, with NIL now. Um, You'd be shocked. I think a lot of people would be shocked to know that that the job is very, very similar. You know, the biggest difference is is recruiting, really. And then, you know, just kind of all the outside influences, the connections, um, the the outside things you kind of have to do when you're back in college because of being in – Um, a university environment. Um, But, you know, for me, I think, I think the greatest growth I had in the pro game um, was, you know, you're, you're always coaching against the best players in the world. You're coaching the best players in the world. And, and you have to be really good at time and score situations. You know, you, you are constantly in close games. And, you know, I said like in that league, you, you'd have a 16 point lead or, you'd be down 16, and, and the game was always going to get closer. There was going to be a run, you know, that would, that would close the gap to six or eight points, or, you know, you're, you're in time and score, understanding when to advance. Um, you know, I, I think the, the confidence that the pro game, in terms of late-game situations, allowed me to take back to college. Um, obviously, in college, you have more disparity in talent, um, top to bottom, and so there are certainly teams and games where it's just a talent thing. And it's, it's not as much about what are the X's and O's, what are the, you know, but I still believe in that. I still believe in, I don't care who we're playing or when we're playing them. If it's a two for one situation, um, you know, we're, we're going to act on that. And that's something like, when I first asked my team, when I got here, you know, someone explained to me two for one and they all looked at me with blank stares. Um, and so to me, one of the things I love is like, I just love to teach the game and you know it's 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 why coach, and so you know that's part of getting back here is there is more practice opportunity, there is more opportunity to teach, there is an off season you know there's all these different ways that you can kind of help these these players grow um on and off the court and and then I think the other component that I brought back um that I really really got in tune to in the pros is is just the commitment to taking care of our players' bodies, you know and you know, that, that we're never um, going to short them in that area. I believe in quality over quantity. Um, you've got a lot of co- college coaches that still believe in, hey, we've got three hours to practice. We're going to use all three hours, you know, and, and and certainly by nature of only having eight people on my roster, I had to be careful anyway um, last year. But I, I kind of believe in teaching them to rep things, you know, full speed and correctly, And then, hey, when we've got it, we can move on. Now, certainly it takes more reps with young players than it does in the pros. You can't always just say, hey, we're going to ice this and we're going to trap this and we're going to chase the flare here. You have to rep it, you know? And so it does take more practice time. Um, But I think that concept of, of teaching the game, bringing back the idea of them understanding where the point of attack is, what the concepts are, um, you know, not being so robotic in terms of, like, running plays, but, like, learning how to play, um, because that is the pros. Like, certainly every team runs different plays, and they're, they're trying to get to different things. But at the end of the day, like, whether you're on offense or whether you're on defense, it's, it's player personnel driven. It's action driven. What are their good actions? What do we have to guard against? What do we have to be good against? And so really getting them to think that way. And I think a big part of Melissa and Queen's success with Indiana this year and being ready, I mean, no one had Queen, you know, on the draft board. And I'm like, this kid is going to be a first-round pick because she has – I've been in that league. She has the tools. She has the upside, you know. And when she got there, it was like, hey, she can come in. She can rim protect. She can switch. She understands actions. You know, I mean, there's just – there's reasons why kids – certain kids make that transition from college to pros a lot easier. And so hopefully I'm teaching them how to be ready to be there for the ones that do. And the ones that don't, whether they play overseas, whether they're doctors, lawyers, electricians, whatever they are, that I'm like, I'm setting them up in terms of, of how to approach whatever they do in their life, you know? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. that, that's the part of coming back, you know, you obviously have a way bigger mentorship component to college coaching than you do in the pros.
0: Okay. Now we want to talk to mom. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> you, when you took the Baylor job, uh, you and Tom made the decision that, that Atlanta would still be home for the children. they the kids are all high school age and doing their thing and, you know, Logan with her lacrosse and on and on. So you're commuting, uh, and this is starting year two of this commute. Uh, how's that going? Super Mom?
1: Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I, I don't think there's there's any way to sugarcoat that. I think that, I think it, it's it's hard sometimes for people to understand why we did what we did, and um, you know, I think I think people saw it a little bit when you know we had ESPN follow us all year and and do the our time docu series and you know following me after a game flying home seeing me at a cheer competition, seeing me at a lacrosse competition, you know, around my kids doing their thing, um, you know, it, it, this is not, it was an unusual situation, Waco is a great place, um, but the pace that you, you take these jobs, you know, there, there are certain things you need to know, and certain things you don't know until um, later, because you don't think about all those things. And so you're not thinking about the fact that Waco doesn't have all-star cheer and Waco doesn't have lacrosse. And you're talking about the the things that my kids are most connected to. And so um, it's not the best thing for me, you know, no doubt. Like I wish I was coming home um, to them every night. And, but I'm super thankful for technology and FaceTime and, and uh, you know, kind of the ability to to see them and hear them—it's not the same as touching. But you know, I think they're they're thriving. Um, you know, I'll get to come home for a week. Um, I'm actually coming home uh, tomorrow, so officially two homes at this point. Um, but you know, I think they're they're doing well academically. Connor's applied to Baylor, so you know, there's a chance that that'll end up in Waco. Um, you know, but just letting them kind of live their dreams. And and if you'd have told me, um, I I moved quite a bit growing up, but at 16 years old, if my parents had moved me to a place that didn't have basketball, like I think now about how basketball has shaped every part of my life from my youth Mm -hmm. to my adulthood and who I married and and what I've done for a living. And it's like, if that had been taken, I'm not saying that, that I wouldn't have figured something out or that something else could have been, could have great, could have come from it. Um, But I, but I think for us, it was allowing them to kind of do the things that they love to do because as a parent, you really just want your kids to find something they're passionate about. Um, And so, you know, that's, that's the challenge. It's, it's, it's difficult. um, But I know DFW intimately, you know, I (laughs) already knew Hartsfield intimately, you know, like I, I build up points and rent cars sometimes, like, but uh you know the the sacrifice is worth it. I love my job, I love my family, and I want you know basically everybody to be happy
0: and you know as a head coach, you know your other family are your players and your support staff and you know the managers and everybody that's with you, so you really do have to i don't want to say divide your time that's that's really not accurate, but you do you're responsible for two families in a way and then you throw the basketball on top of it. I mean, you're running twenty four seven, Nikki Collin.
1: I am. There's no question. I always say, like, you know, and this is a this is a blessing. It really is. Um, but there are definitely times where you know I spend more time parenting other people's kids than my own. You know, when it comes to coaching, I think that's what you that's what you take on. It's what you have to embrace as a college coach. You know, you you have to pour into these young people. Um, our, you know? our department, you know, kind of motto is we're preparing champions for life. And, you know, and so that that does mean more than showing up and coaching them on the basketball floor. You know, it, it means lunches. It means conversations. It means FaceTime with a kid who's home right now with her because she got her wisdom teeth out, you know, five wisdom teeth pulled. And so, you know, I, I go from that FaceTime to, you know talking to Connor and so it it is a part of it so you have to love it like because you don't it's not a job you know I, no one in coaching thinks coaching is a job um, it, it is it is a lifestyle it's a it's a commitment um, so you better love it you know and I've always said like I know there are a lot of things in life I could do um, and so the minute I'm not passionate about what I'm doing I'm not going to do it you know and, and I think that but, but I'm really happy right now. And I, I love, I love that, you know, our president signed a 10 year extension, my athletic director signed a 10 year extension. You know, we all, we all know it, it's about um, kind of the certainty and the stability and, and, and part of co- the, the pull back to college was certainly the stability, you know, and, and I love the pro game and I am the biggest WNBA fan. Uh, but, you know, I mean, this was, this was a different opportunity and, and, and hopefully an opportunity that, you know, I, I kind of rise to the challenge and, you know, we're not talking necessarily about what's next, you know, in five years because, you know, I haven't done, you know, what, what I'm maybe capable of or what, what they hired me to do. So, you know, right now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an all in kind of person. And so, you know, you just figure out how to be all in in all these buckets, you know, kind of in your life.
0: Well, of all the people I've met in basketball, if there's anybody can do it, it's you. Uh, your energy is boundless. Uh, your caring for people is off the chart. And, um, you know, you're going to pull it off, and, and you could be great at all, all aspects. Nikki, thanks for your time. Um, I hope I get a chance to see you in one of these Atlanta sojourns. Um, but we wish you here at the Naismith, obviously nothing but the best for the new season. We'll catch up down the road, okay? Perfect. Thanks, Bob. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Please uh, like us and rate and review and subscribe. It helps us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. We're here every week during the calendar year, bringing you the best in college and high school basketball for the men and the women. Until next week, Bob Rathbun saying so long.